my waves get lost in the ocean. Seven billion swimmers, man, I'm going through the motions. Hi, this is Nancy Herald, and welcome to my show, High Road to Humanity. In every episode, I tell you powerful true stories filled with great wisdom that you can use in your own life as you strive for a higher road to travel. My featured guests will have their own unique stories to tell that enlighten your mind and your soul. So kick back, relax, and learn the secret to success when you take the high road. Hey, this is Nancy Yerald, and welcome to High Road to Humanity. Every week, we bring you such wonderful guests, and this week is no exception. We have a really cool lady here. Her name is Janine Layton Kimmel. Now, she is a writer, an artist, a registered nurse with a master's degree in transpersonal studies, which I'm going to ask her about. She's facilitated numerous children's poetry and dream workshops, which is really cool. Her colorful doorway paintings were the inspiration for one of her books, uh, which is The Magic Gown, and she lives in New Jersey. Now, before I bring her on, you guys, I want you to sit back and relax real quick, and I'm going to read you just a little bit of The Magic Gown by J.L. Kimmel, and this is just the beginning, just to kind of see so have like a feel for what she's doing here. So here we go. Sit back and relax, and here we go. A new home. One early Summer morning, along the shoreline of a golden-lit beach, a white seagull flew in the direction of a girl, pulling her green-painted kayak in the sand. As a sudden breeze blew her long, brown, sun-bleached hair away from her tanned face, she looked up and noticed the bird. It circled once over her head, dropping something from its beak. The girl quickly put out her left hand and caught the small object falling from the sky. It was a shell. She examined it. On the other side, it was bumpy, shimmering gold, and pearled white with purple-colored markings on the top end. The inside was smooth and creamy white with light and dark purple. Squinting her large sea-green eyes, she looked up to see the bird heading east out over the glistening water. Lily, come on. I want to make the early pharaoh fairy, she heard her father call from the driveway. Lily put the shell into the pocket of her faded peach-colored summer dress and dragged the kayak through two grassy sand dunes toward the house. When she got to the car, the engine was already running, and her father was waiting, and he was smiling. You ready to go, Lil, he asked. No, I don't want to move. I like it here. I don't, want, I don't see why we have to go, she said, as her father lifted the kayak onto the top of the car and tightened the rope around it. We've already been through this. I have a new job. We've been on this island for six years. That's not long. You're 11 now, so it'd be good for you, honey. No, it won't. You can go to school and have friends. I have Jay, she insisted. Is that it, her mother called to them, coming out of the front door with the last of the boxes. Andrew, Lily is there. Anything else you need from the house before I lock it up? That's it for me. How about you, Lil? Lily looked through the car window to see the cardboard box resting on the seat. Without answering, she got into the back seat and slammed the car door closed. Okay, let's go, father called. The weathered station wagon pulled away. Her small face watched the beach house through the rear window for as long as she could see it. Once it had disappeared, Lily turned and put her arm around her cardboard box as the car headed down the road to the ferry that goes to the North Carolina mainland. There they would be there they would get on the ocean highway north and drive up the coastland to a small town in New Jersey. Wow, so this is her story and it's part of Janine's story. Hey Janine, welcome to High Road to Humanity. 
Hi, Nancy. Thank you. Love to be here. Well, you know, I read that part of your book because you talk a little bit about how this was your story. And I want to hear about your story. You were a little girl and you were living in, you know, by the ocean. And is that right? And then you moved to to New Jersey. Is that correct? Well, actually, so I was living in North Jersey uh, and I was near Woods, which gave me my first introduction to being in love with nature. And while I, and while I lived there, um, my father found a baby, uh, blue jay and we fed it and it became this outdoor, uh, tame blue jay, but still lived in the wild, which I thought was amazing. So when we had to move, which we were moving to the Jersey shore, uh, the blue jay came with us and that was so Lily gets the blue jay in the story because he's quite a magical bird and I have an affinity for birds and nature. And so, yes, I spent lots of time on the shore. I was a swimmer um, and I had a blue jay. And um, the amazing thing about Lily and why, you know, it's her story and it's my story and I blended us, but then I give her a lot more she actually, when she catches that shell, it she doesn't know it, but it's the shell of great fortune and mysterious ways. Ah. And, and, a, and the seagull actually did drop that out of its beak over over my head, and I and I picked it up. But in my story, Lily catches it, yeah. and that's the beginning of a quest. And so she's reluctant to move, which of course is metaphorical in so many ways for moving forward to a great adventure that we, you know, that we are all on and especially, especially encouraging children and then, um, but, but everybody. And then, so her story is my story and it was so much fun to write and paint because it was this magical, colorful world mixed into reality. Right. Well, and I read that. Uh, now, I want to tell the audience, because we're not visual today, we are on uh, the radio, but what inspired you, from what I understand, and I want you to talk about it, you first started to paint these pictures, and they're beautiful, you guys. The illustrations in this book, The Magic Gown by J.L. Kimmel, these illustrations are absolutely fantastic. They're colorful, they're bright, they're vibrant, and they're magical. You know, this kind of remind me of the Harry Potter thing with the map and the whole bit. Did this all just come to you? I wanted to know, like the pictures I know came first, your paintings. Did you always paint? Were these divinely guided, or, or how did this come about? Yeah, so I I do think they were divinely guided um, because they just unfolded. But as a child, like I said, I was always in love with nature. I sketched and drew, loved animals. And as a young teenager, I began to write poetry spontaneously. And it was always transformational and nature nature and quite a spiritual slant, but I didn't know it. So creativity really helped me as a teenager and my whole life. So fast forward, um, I am getting a master's in transpersonal studies. I am working with children and creativity because that's my passion about helping them. And okay. So I said to myself, what's a good way to have children access their imagination? And I thought, well, 
if they drew or painted a doorway and okay. they told they told me what was through that door, they would immediately access this their imagination. Now, at the very same time that I was working on this, I was also going through a difficult time in my life, which, of course, you know, getting a divorce. Or, and what's amazing about that is there, that kind of intensity, I think, opens us up. You know, at the time, I didn't know that. But here I was and I said to myself, if 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 I'm going to ask children to do it, I'm going to do it. I so see. I went out. I went out and got giant because um, I love painting large. And I I got these uh, giant canvases and I started to paint a doorway. Now, that is the first door in the story. Um, the amazing thing was, so I'm painting this beautiful blue door, flowers, just right. letting it happen. And I have a dream like while, you know, in the during the time that I'm painting this about a weekend, I dream and I hear this woman singing to me and she's singing in this beautiful opera voice the words over and over again 10 kings and roses 10 kings and roses and it was so oh beautiful that's crazy I, <laughs> this is what's so cool i wake up and i hear her voice and i say that's about the painting i knew it now the fun thing is if when if this was visual Behind me is a giant map of the land of 10 kings and roses. I know. I'm looking at it, and I see there's a map in the book, too. Well, wait a minute. I want to rewind a little bit. I want to ask you a question. So when you were a child, and this is really cool that you did this for kids because I have children, and there's a lot of people out there that do, and it's hard to get kids to be creative. And so when you were young, did your parents really encourage you to draw? Is that where this comes from? Because your artwork is beautiful. Thank you. And no, it was um, like everything for me that I can recall from my, I, I recall my first adventure in the woods by myself. Um, like who knows how old I was, four or five. It was right behind my house. Everything felt um, self-propelled and spontaneous. Nobody encouraged me nor discouraged me, but it was all just my own little world. I you mean, had I think a connection. You you were connected to nature is what is what you're telling me more than anything. I, yeah, because I felt this like resonance and love affair, and right. Um, and, right. and so so um, so here so here we are, and I have the first. So I'm painting the blue door, and I have this dream, and I think, okay, there's land of 10, no, 10 Kings and Roses, 10 Kings and Roses. I go, all right, I'm going to paint 10 doors. Okay. I just, I was just inspired. So I, that you'll see them in the book or on my website. Um, so I paint the first door and it's fun. And I have no idea what I'm, where it's going, what I'm doing. Then I paint the second door and they're so different. And then I paint the third door and now we're making three months in. And, you know, I'm very surprised by these doors. I'm not thinking about them. They're just happening. The fourth door is the tree with the door in it, which I like, you know, I was like, wow. So by the time I'm finished, but the seventh door, which is about seven months in, I go to paint the eighth door. And these are all large paintings. So they're fun okay. to like stand. We've got about one. 
We've got about one minute to break. So okay. your, so I, I just want to ask a couple of questions before you go on with the doors because I don't want I don't want to miss any of this. So as you're painting these doors, it's all kind of like just coming to you. It's intuitive, right? Is that what's happening as you're painting yeah. the it's just okay you guys we are here today with jl kimmel and she's written this really cool book it's called the magic gown and when we come back she's going to tell us about all these different doors and these doors are actually in uh, uh barnes and noble and different places and the kids are really starting to enjoy this kind of stuff and this is how her avenue to get kids to be more creative so we're going to talk more about it when we come back this is nancy you're out your host and again we're here with janine kimmel Hang on, we have more stories to tell on High Road to Humanity. Check out Nancy's website, nancyyearout.com, to book your first 30-minute coaching session for free to get you on your high road. Hey, all you High Road listeners out there. I just want to take a moment to share with you our new sponsor. I've been working with bestradiotravel.com to bring the lowest hotel prices to my loyal listeners. Stay tuned during the show to hear more about how you can save 15 to 30% off your hotel rate. Have you ever been in a situation where you needed a miracle? I think most of us probably have. Whether it's a financial emergency, health crisis, or some other serious situation, most of us know the feeling of helplessness and even hopelessness. Now imagine having to wait for a miracle for six months, even a year or more. That's the situation for thousands of children all around the world who are waiting for a sponsor. Their only hope of escaping the poverty around them is someone like you choosing them. This is Nancy Yarrow, and I'm joining with compassion to give you the chance to be the miracle in a child's life. For a little more than a dollar a day, you'll provide the physical, emotional, and spiritual support a child needs, not just to survive poverty, but to be released from poverty in Jesus' name. Don't make a child wait one day longer for their miracle. You can find out more or sponsor a child right now. Just go to my website, nancyyearout.com. That's www.nancyyearout.com. We want to thank you so much for listening to High Road to Humanity. This is where Nancy and her guests tell stories that will guide you and enlighten your mind and soul. Now, welcome back to The High Road. Hey, welcome back to High Road to Humanity. And this is Nancy Yerout, your host. And I'm here today with Janine Kimmel. She's written a couple really great books. We're discussing The Magic Gown right now, which I think is a really cool book. And she's talking to us. And, and Janine, continue about the doors. You you were saying that you were really inspired to paint doors and you had painted, you were going to paint 10 doors. So continue your story and tell the audience what happened here. Okay, thanks. Uh, yeah, I think I was... Um... I was telling you that I was seven doors in because I had had this dream, 10 Kings and Roses, and sang to me. So I said, all right, I'll paint, I'll paint 10 doors. 
And, you know, I was going with the process. That's how what you get taken. And that's what I was doing. And so uh, seventh door was beautiful. And I go to paint the eighth door and I just can't paint a door. So I paint this forest and it's a blue forest. Then I paint paint the ninth door, which is a red forest. And then I paint the 10th, which is these giant tropical eagle birds that are huge and they look royal. And I am as surprised as anybody that would read the story to go, wow, who, what is this? Who are they? So I also then paint a beautiful oil of a blue swan sitting on a kitchen table in a kitchen and I paint a pink winged dragon and a white seabird with a fish in its mouth. Who's a friend. So now I have all these paintings and they're on a wall in my giant studio. And I realize I am telling a story. So now we're like a year and a half in and I start writing the story on the walls around. Oh, wow. And I, I, I say, you know, this is about a girl. She's the hero of the story. She's going on a quest. She's going to go through these doors. Now, I am outside in my yard that's near the water. And out of a seagull's mouth in real life, this, this gull drops an oyster shell and it falls right in front of me. And that's when I knew I had the beginning of my story. I said, okay, so I called it the shell of great fortune and mysterious ways. And this is the the shell that my character, Lily, who's 11, catches. And it begins her destined adventure. And uh, it's a magical. Yeah. So 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 now, you know, I start to literally tell the story, what happens through all these doorways. And she enters this land, which amazingly, the song, ten, I, I realized Ten Kings and Roses is the actual name of the land oh. that Lily goes to. Okay. So, so here, you know, it's amazing because this is an unfolding over years, like two, three years. And now, um, you know, I'm really getting into the story and there's a whole story about why I call it the magic gown that has to do with my life, that if anyone wants to read that, it's on my website. Okay. And, What's your website, Jenny? Oh, it's jlkimmel.com. So it's jlkimmel.com. And um, you can you can read all about the magic gown. You can read about all the paintings and, uh, you know, you'll see, you'll just see some of the background about me. That yeah, this is so, an award-winning yeah. book. I mean, you won quite a few awards for this book once it was yeah. out. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much. I um, Creative Child Magazine named a book of the year, um, which was wonderful. And um, yeah, it got it got several other awards that I was really happy with in terms of quality and how moms felt about it and. Um, you know, and then, you know, I just, I just love sharing it and it's kind of got a following and that's fun for me because I think that's cool. You know, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
I think that's really neat. Well, and you know, so it took you, how long did it take you? Because you talk in the, and I want to bring this up too. You had also, when you went to look for the characters, I want to back up a little bit, but when you went to figure out the characters, you had done some sculpturing um, years previous, you talk about, and you use those sculptures for some of the characters in the book. Can you, can you tell the audience about that? Yeah, well, when I was getting my, well, when I was getting my master's, um, I didn't realize that I was, as an artist, I was being moved to make these figures and sculptures. Um, One was a little moth that had come to me in a dream, and I made her, and I named her Ming Li. And then another piece I made out of uh, sea, uh, uh, what do you call it, Uh, driftwood, and it was it was a beautiful, shimmering, uh, crystal sea creature. And I named all my, my sculptures called Initiation Art. And they were, they were really, um, they're really kind of symbolizing uh, the acts of courage and transformation. I so see. next thing, now, and here's the amazing thing that you were saying before about intuitive. Right. It seemed it seemed like my art knew what was going on before I did. Yeah, I was going to ask you that. So how long before, okay, so what's the time span? You did the the sculptures to the time that you said you were going through a divorce and you pulled out some paper and started to draw. What's the time span between there? So, so I started doing these sculptures between 95 and 98 or 97 at 19 okay. and so that's that's five years, four years. And then I started doing the paintings. Right. They the sculptures. So I was I was in a creative process that lasted over years um, that I was being like taken on. And it was a journey for sure. And right. it really it really moved me through um, and opened up a world for me. And then the beautiful thing is. I cre- then I created this world for for children and adults as well, and now the world is theirs. And so, like my my pieces of art that are sculptures, you can see on my website. One is called Nina, Queen of the Shimmering World. The Shimmering World is really important in the story. Um, and then there's Stephen, the Dancing Tree Man. He lives in. He lives in the tree that um, is the fourth door in the book. And he um, is a beautiful character. And he that's called the point of no return, which I love because I think on every adventure we're on, there's a place you reach and it's like you're going forward. There's no going back. And so um, so it was so much fun for me to live through Lily and take her on this adventure but it almost feels like, and I don't mean to interrupt you, but it almost feels like this was really therapeutic for you to write this and to do this. And, and you see, and it was. And then the premise is that I've been doing this since I was a kid because the poetry completely was therapeutic. Um, I actually, one of the poems is in uh, The Magic Gown about a river and um, that I wrote when I was a teenager. And it's so fitting. And, um, you know, so the creativity is, is so therapeutic for people. And that's what I love doing is helping people see that, you know, just go with it. It'll open up your world. It will soothe you. You right. will transform. Right. And so 
that's what this story is. That's so awesome. <laughs> now, did you meditate? You, you talk a lot about dreams. It sounds like you have a lot of vivid dreams where you can remember things and you can draw things. Do you also meditate and receive information that way? You know, I don't really do a lot of sitting meditation, but what I do is um, I, when I'm being creative, I would say it is like a meditation. I also uh, love to run in the woods, and I do that a lot, and I find that to be a moving meditation, and I'm in nature. I go where there's only meadows and, and woods, no cars, no nothing, and it's so I come home and I'm so elevated and inspired. Um, right. Birds, nature. Uh, so I'm, it's the energy. It's the energy. I always say that too. My husband and I go camping quite a bit. And every yeah, time we go camping and we get down into nature, it's almost like you're like, you know, you can breathe and you don't have to worry about things as much. And you start to connect to nature. And I think, and my daughter, she runs. So when you said you run through the forest, she always tells me, mom, I don't meditate. I run. (laughs) So, but that's a good form of meditation because it clears your head. And that good energy is, it gets us all around you with the trees and the, and nature and everything. Right. Yeah, I, I actually call it like um like warrior medicine. You know, it keeps you strong, it keeps you clear-minded, elevated, high energy. Um I that's what running is so healthy and um full of oxygen. So I get full from from that. And and it's and it's not just running though, it's where I run, you know, right. in the forest. Um and, you know, you see deer and hawks and butterflies and, um, you know, meadows and flowers. And so that's really important for me, you that's know, cool. is the is the environment. <laughs> no, I and think I, that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I know you kind of wanted to talk about birds. Um, I do. We've got about three minutes, but I want to talk about birds. And because you had a pet bird, how long did you have the bird for? The bird was with us for a few years. I would say two years when we moved. And I remember the neighbor children used to say to me, I saw your bird. I saw your blue jay because I would walk out of the house and the bird would see us and come down and, and um, you know, come to the railing. And I would just hang with the bird. And I thought it was the best thing ever. <laughs> so, Did you uh, feed it or did you just hang with it? No, we did. We fed it little like crushed bugs or hamburger meat or, um, but then it kind of, I think it really assimilated into nature and eventually went off um, and did fine on his own. Um, But uh, I would say that, you know, for a year and a half or two, we had this blue jay and it was, it made a big impression on my life um, in terms of like, yeah. 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 We've got about one minute to break. Yeah. I was, I was telling uh, Janine during the break that birds come to my house and they're always pecking on the window, but it's usually when something's happening. Um, one was a death of a family member and I always feel like, okay, there's a message or something when you see a yellow bird or a cardinal. Um, it just seems like they're trying to tell you something. Do you think that too? Oh, completely. Um, yeah, especially I, and you'll see in my story uh, in New Jersey, even, I love when I have a hummingbird sighting. Oh like, yeah. So exciting. Yeah. And then of course all birds are special to me. Like I, I um 
you know, I'm just excited. I have great blue herons here. Well, wait, when we come back, we're going to talk more about this. You guys, we're here today with Janine Kimmel. She's written a couple of really great books. One is called The Magic Gown. We haven't even gotten to the cool second book that she's written. And we'll talk about that when we come back. (laughs) We will be right back on High Road to Humanity. But make sure that you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, iHeartRadio, or download directly from Nancy's website, nancyyearout.com so you never miss an episode of The High Road. Toginet Radio has partnered with one of the largest travel booking engines in the world to offer savings of 15% to 30% or more on hotel booking fees through our own web portal, www.bestradiotravel.com. Discover the discount you can receive by going to bestradiotravel.com forward slash Nancy to see for yourself. This is a custom booking site for the listeners of my show through Toginet Radio. We have negotiated special rates at over 650,000 hotels worldwide to save our customers money. Our members leverage our massive buying power to save thousands of dollars by booking with us. BestRadioTravel.com can beat the best prices offered by any other major travel booking website. Please go to BestRadioTravel.com slash Nancy to sign up and enjoy the discounts. That is BestRadioTravel.com forward slash Nancy. Do you feel like something is missing in your life? Do you feel lost or alone? Do the things you buy for yourself lose their luster quickly? Are you searching for fulfillment within your heart and soul? What if you were given the ability to change your life for the better, to create what you want for yourself? What if I told you you have the ability to tap into the universal energy to design the life you desire? This was my discovery many years ago. As a businesswoman and a single mom, I had no choice but to pay attention to what the universe was revealing to me, and I learned how to use it for my benefit. When you wake up and pay attention to the messages that the universe is showing you, your life will change for the better. Because we all hold the ability to tap into the universal energy to enhance our love life, our career, our finances, anything you wish. This energy was created for our use and it's free. Now, I'm excited to share this information with you in my book, Wake Up. The universe is speaking to you. It's available to you on my website at www.nancyyearout.com. That's N-A-N-C-Y-Y-E-A-R-O-U-T.com, Barnes & Noble, and Amazon. And thanks for picking up my book. And may the energy of the universe bless you. We want to thank you so much for listening to High Road to Humanity. This is where Nancy and her guests tell stories that will guide you and enlighten your mind and soul. Now, welcome back to The High Road. Hey, welcome back to High Road to Humanity, and this is your host, Nancy Yerald. Hey, listen, you guys, visit my website if you're interested in a psychic reading, because I do those, and you just go to nancyyearout.com, that's N-A-N-C-Y-Y-E-A-R-O-U-T.com, and just go ahead and sign up, or you can email me at nancyyearout at gmail.com. Hey, listen, we are here today with Janine Kimmel, and she's telling us all about her books. She's written two books. Um, One is called The Magic Gown, and I want to give 
give the title of the second one. The second one is The Yawning Rabbit, Rabbit and River Chronicle. And we're going to talk about that in, in the last segment here. But, um, you know, Jenny, we haven't talked about your practice. And you have a degree in, now, what is it exactly? It's transpersonal studies. Can you tell me what you do? Because you meet with the children, you meet with adults. Is it everybody? Or, or give the audience a, a feel for what you do. Sure. Um, so I got the master's from the Institute of Transpersonal Psychology. Um, I used my creativity as my um, my focus. So, um, but my practice is for anyone who's looking to, you know, um, change their life, make it better, going through a hard time, all ages, mostly uh, young adults into late into life. Um, transpersonal is. Um, it's, it's really the whole person, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual. It involves, to me, higher levels of consciousness, um, moving out of negativity. And I really do help people um, intuitively as well um, by using their body, you know, um, being out there in nature, uh, talking with me. Dialoguing is very key, I think, um, and the interaction between me and, and the person. And it's yeah, all for me about transformation. Yeah, I agree with I agree with you. You said on the break something I thought was really profound that you tell your um, the people that come to see you. You said that you tell them to get out and run and run till they're red in the face. Can you can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, sure. Well, I, you know, I'm always using myself as, um, you know, it's like walk your talk or I'm my own um, tester because what helps me enormously is being out there in nature and getting moving to the point where you're red faced and you're you're fully oxygenated. And I tell them and I say it humorously, but I really mean it. I said, I go out there and I run and I get the crazy out. And then, yeah. you know, I said, and and. <laughs> And, and I just had someone text me the other day and they said, I went out there and I ran in nature and I got the crazy out and I felt good. And, you wow. know, anyone, I tell a 20 year old young guy this, I tell someone, you know, in their 70s, in their 40s, um, you know, and obviously, you know, if you feel physically well enough to run, that's great. You can walk, but you really need to get oxygenated and be in nature and if that's not your average thing to do, that's even better because you're introducing something that is key, I think, to our health. And, um, and so I do it. I mean, I, I, I'm, that's what makes me feel good, you know? And, uh, yeah, so run the crazy out. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And, you know, I, I agree with you completely. I usually walk, and I haven't been walking for a while. But even walking, I live on a little lake, and walking around the little lake actually just gets some of that excess energy out. And, and it, you are in with nature, and you see different things, and it changes your mindset. I agree with you, because sometimes we get stuck in these in these modes, and it's good to get out in nature in the fresh air and get some of that stuff out, because I get stuck in the house, and I know what that's like. And when you get out, you just feel different. It's almost like when you go on vacation, you come back a new person, you know? Absolutely, yeah. And, yeah. Um, yeah. and I, that's the whole point, is to you know, I use my whole my whole life. I've been kind of learning this about the value of nature and 
and being out there and playing till you, you know, till, till you're done. And then uh, how good you feel. And, you know, I I find it to be the best medicine there is. I think it's wonderful. I see kids, you know, and I'm so glad that you've written these really cool books. You know, I see a lot of children these days and they're stuck on the computer. And even one of my grandson, he's always doing the, you know, the games and all that kind of stuff, the video games and all of that. And I see him on the couch and it's like, get outside. And I think it's good that you've written this and talked about nature because we try to take them camping as much as we possibly can to get them out and and to turn off the internet because there's no internet when you go camping a lot of times, you know, because I see a lot of kids just get stuck in the house. And and do you see that too? Well, I do. I raised two sons. They're grown now. um, But I, I really remember um, you know, getting them just playing outside with them or, and, and it was so good for them. One of my sons turned out to be a professional surfer. Um, yeah. And the other one's a musician. And I really think nature, if you were to talk to them, played a big part in, um, in helping them just be very like diversified and whole and not just limited, um, and here's the thing about my work and my, what I like to expose kids to is um, to believe in magic and to, to, to actually connect with nature and that a bird actually could deliver you a message and that that bird may fly away and turn into like, like, you know, a king or queen. I love to, to just, you know, uh, like Take open their the, minds is what you're saying. Open their minds to magical, to be more imaginative. Yeah. Yeah. And that it's possible and that every day. Yeah. So that's, um, that's, you know, what I expose kids to. And I love the fact that, that in my books, there's no technology. Not that I'm, I, I love the internet and I love, you know, technology, but in, in my stories, all the, all the communication is through the wind or a bird or uh, symbols or, you know, a, a fox that talks to my other character. Um, and so, yeah, so I, I don't have any any technology in my in my um, stories. It's kind of they're they're almost old fashioned that way. I kind of like old fashioned. I think maybe we need to get back to basics and back to, yeah, because kids don't have all those values that I think I was taught when, when I was young, you know, about respect and, you know, integrity and some of these things have been lost and, and I'd, I'd like to see some of that stuff come back. Um, how yeah. do you feel about that? Yeah, well, yes. And I think that, um, you know, Joseph Campbell, who was the mythologist, um, talked about the value of storytelling. I and agree. I, yeah, and I think storytelling is magical and it's ancient, but it's so relevant now. And um, it really takes you, like, expands your awareness in a way that, um, you know, I, I wholeheartedly want to get like when I do workshops with children I take them literally through a real magic door I made out of a refrigerator box That's but awesome. they act it's beautiful and they actually feel like they're going through a magic door and they are and then they you know to another realm and then they write about it and this is how I feel we are healthier and whole and that's what creativity can do for us and so you know that's that's where I my message is for 
but I do it with adults too. So this is, this is just, um, you know, a, a fun process, but it's a very, I think, integral part of the transpersonal experience that Carl Jung talked about, Joseph Campbell, and so many, so many about the power of our imagination. So, um, yeah. So I, I was going to tell you that I have a message um, that the blue swan named Zara Bluewood uh, tells Lily. But okay. I really think that I really think this is a message to all of us. Um, okay. It says um, this is in in the magic gown. It says the time has come so long forbidden until now this magic hidden. Wonderful, wonderful, whispers her voice. Oh, sweet child, let us rejoice. Another door has opened. And so it's it's the invitation to go through the door. Oh, I love it. Thank you for reading that. That is so awesome. When you talk about storytelling, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Um, I always like people to tell their story because everybody's got a story to tell. And we learn from stories. And it reminds me, I was just, uh, my husband and I went to Mesa Verde. And uh, that's where all the Anasazi and, and the Native Americans years ago. And I, it takes me back to, and there's so many books, When even when you go into the National Park, that the Native Americans have written. They tell stories, and their stories have information. And that's how they passed on all their knowledge and their wisdom to Ooh. the young people. Yeah, and, you know, it's interesting. And when you say storytelling, you know, I feel the same way because – People, when you tell them a story, then their mind opens up and it's not like you're preaching at them. You're, you're explaining, you know, how this all works and, and they seem to get more out of it. We've got about two minutes to break, but do you agree with that? Oh, yes. I mean, yes. And, and I was out there too. And, um, those ruins and that's where I actually found the real magic gown. And that's a story itself. Yeah. So that's on my website, but I do, I really do. And I believe in the, um, like the, I even have out there when I was in those ruins, I felt sort of this presence of like the star people. And then that, so the whole story that I write with Lily takes, takes, um, place with like star people and messages and, you know, there's a whole background story for uh, for Lily and her heritage. And, you know, I, I really am. I can't help it because it's such a part of my life. Right. That- we got about one minute to go. But um, I I think that's really cool that you picked all that information up. You went on like a, a vision quest, right? Something like that. Maybe we can talk about it when we come back. Um, sure. You went. Yeah. yeah. Is that what happened? You went to a, you had a vision quest, I think I read or something when you found the gown. Well, I was training uh, with a cross-cultural anthropologist, um, and I trained with her very um, intensely to, yeah. to learn, and, okay. and I literally had to go out on a vision quest. That is really yeah. cool. You guys, we are here today with Janine Kimmel, and she's written a couple of really great books. One is The Magic Gown, and we'll be right back. We'll be right back with The High Road and more. Don't forget to visit Nancy's website, nancyyearout.com, to sign up for her intuitive personal coaching program or to book a psychic reading. Welcome to Geraldine Tegelove Live. 
the show that shares with you the secrets of redefining, reinventing, and rebuilding your life. Having pulled herself from the rubble of financial ruin and having gone on to create a highly successful career, Geraldine has become an expert in the art of transformation. She believes that it doesn't matter where you are right now, how overwhelmed you feel, or how impossible the task of turning your life around may seem. You can do it. Stay tuned as metaphysician, international best-selling author and intuitive, Geraldine Tegelov gives you the inner understanding and the outer practical how-to to create your amazing life. Gain a fresh perspective on how to redefine, reinvent, and rebuild your life. Join Geraldine Tegelov live every Tuesday evening at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on the Toginet Radio Network. evening in 1929, William Lear and Elmer Wavering of Quincy, Illinois, were out driving with their girlfriends. One of the girls suggested it would be even more romantic if they could listen to music. The guys liked the idea and started tinkering with installing a home radio in the car. They sold their idea to a radio manufacturing company and applied for a loan with a local banker to get production started. Thinking it might sweeten the deal, they installed one of their new radios in the banker's vehicle. Unfortunately, the banker's car caught on fire, and they didn't get the loan. They must have felt like Dunder Klumpens. Not giving up, they drove to a radio convention and sat outside in the car with the radio blasting. Soon, orders were pouring in and taking a cue from the Victrola because their radio was going in a car. They called it the Motorola. It's marching I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. We want to thank you so much for listening to High Road to Humanity. This is where Nancy and her guests tell stories that will guide you and enlighten your mind and soul. Now, welcome back to the High Road. Hey, welcome back to High Road to Humanity. And this is Nancy, your host. Hey, listen, don't forget to check out BethRadioTravel.com. That's one of our sponsors. And if you type in BethRadioTravel.com slash Nancy, you're going to get some really great deals on your hotel rates. Good hotel rates, guys. So BethRadioTravel.com slash Nancy. That's just for my listeners. So check that out. Hey, we're here today with, well, she says J.L. Kimmel. I love that. It's Janine. Kimmel, and she's talking about the magic gown. Hey, you went on a vision quest. It's just funny that I brought up the Anasazis, huh? That's coincidental, you think? Um, If you don't mind, I mean, I read a little bit about this, but tell us about the magic gown because you discovered this on a vision quest. Is it okay if you tell the audience? Is that cool? Oh, sure. I'd love to. Okay. So I was training with um, this cross-cultural anthropologist, Angela Sarian, who passed 2014. But her trainings were um, in uh, conflict resolution, inner, really inner work, very intense inner work. And so for 12 days, you trained with her out in the desert. Um, and, And part of the training, which I knew I wanted to do, was you went out for three nights, um, into the desert, high desert mountains, and you were by yourself and no, no, nothing, just um, fasting and being by yourself. And, you know, it's, it's amazing, like, 
it's life changing. And the interesting thing about the Anasazi was right above me in this, I was in a canyon and above me were these ancient Anasazi ruins. And so I was kind of nervous to be out there um, by myself, but I did. And I am a good camper, but this was alone. And um, I traveled up a dry riverbed. Um, and I was getting kind of nervous because I, you know, I was in the middle of nowhere and, um, there was and a cl- just for you guys, this is the middle of nowhere. I've been there and it is <laughs> and, the middle of nowhere. So I could imagine, I'm visualizing this. Oh my gosh, go ahead. <laughs> right. And so I'm going up, up, up and I see this clump of fabric or something in a dry riverbed. And I, I find, I lift it up and it's this gown, like a nightgown or some kind of gown. And um, it's so not normal that it would be there. So I left it and ran back to my tent. And I was like, okay, uh, you know, I don't know whose that was. I'm going to just stay in my tent and um, (laughs) stayed in my tent for the next two and a half days. And then when I went back and I was talking to to, uh, Angela Zari and the trainer, she said to me, I I told her about it. She said, well, did you get it? And I went, no. And I knew at that moment I needed to go back and retrieve it. And I ran up the canyon. And again, I started to get that nervous feeling and I grabbed it. And I later that day, she had me do this beautiful ritual where I washed it till the water was clear. And I eventually made an art piece out of it which literally she said to me and to the collective that was training with her that this was the deep feminine nature that would was the healing salve for the planet. And she gave me the gown and said to steward it. Well, that was how many years ago? That was 1993. Oh, wow. And, and I, I did four vision quests with her four years in a row that were life-changing. And to tell you the truth, my life never was the same. And I went on a, a, a whole journey that I could never have predicted. And, you know, here I wrote this story about this magic gown, but it, it's, it's not just the, it's not just this made up story. It's really integral into my story. And so, you know, it's a whole blend of like reality and my imagination. But to tell you the truth, I read my book to someone recently and um, out loud, and I'm getting more out of it now than I ever did. And I'm like, yeah, wow. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right. So who could predict these things? And I do, the, the vision quests were, were, were really intense, but I loved them and they were life changing. And I, think, um, cool. I yeah. think that's so cool that you did that, you know, and, and, when we open up and we are more spiritual and we're open up to magical situations, yeah. you know, a lot of times we try to predict what's going to happen or we try to foresee. But, you know, it seems like when we just take it every day at a time, um, some of this really cool stuff will open up for us. Now, I want to talk about your second book because we've talked about the magic gown, yeah. you guys, which is fantastic. And so I'm going to tell the audience, pick this up. This is at Barnes and Noble, right? JL, this is where we get it. Barnes and Noble, Amazon, um, you know, uh, you can, you can special order it through any bookstore really. Um, you know, if you go in any, but I do want to say, uh, just to finish with the magic gown, the, 
it is so visually beautiful and it's such a great story. Um, and this young girl adventure, she's the hero. Um, I have a, a script writer, Jen Mancuso, who is finished writing the script for a film for it. Oh my God. And, how exciting. Uh, I know we're so excited because it really is the story on a, on the screen and it could be so visually beautiful. So I'm excited about it. She's been working on it for three years. So this is exciting. Yeah. So when she's done, then you will present it to some of the uh, like Universal Studios or different studios to see if they want to make it into a yeah. film. You just have to find the right creative um, people who see your vision and right. want to take it further. And we're excited about it because it really is very close to being finished. So and that's really yeah. awesome. I have, good, I have good vibes about that too. That sounds really good. Now, you, Janine, you've written another book. Yeah. It's yeah. called the yawning rabbit and river chronicle. Now tell us about this. I, at first you had talked about a sequel, but this is completely different. And somebody else did the uh, illustrations. It's David Cesarelli. Is that right? Really? Yeah. He was a, uh, Italian artist lives in Italy from Tuscany. Um, I met him at the London book fair. We, um, when I took the magic gown to the book fair in London and, um, we collaborated, uh, this whole story started to unfold. Um, that was so fun. Like you put two storytellers together and this is what happens, you know, right. and we're both, we're both artists. I'm very colorful with paint. He's incredible with fine black and white sketches. He's the classic, like to me, it reminds me of the old fairy tales, um, you know, black and white. And so we got together and started creating this story that again was intuitive. And we met in Ireland four years in a row and collaborated. <laughs> yeah. We, we, you know, that's why this story is incredibly magical as well, because um, this whole amazing uh, story unfolded because we were in this isolated uh, glen in Ireland with the, this lake and a waterfall. And this whole thing started to unfold. And he said to me, he said, Jay, he calls me Jay. He said, don't bring your computer. Let's do this by hand like the old days. Oh, wow. And and what happened was I wrote a whole story, part one, about talking animals in a forest a long time ago. And I don't think that would have happened if I hadn't done this with hand, by hand. And it's just beautiful. I love the story. It can get dark, but that's important because adventures always have the dark. And then, of course, good overcomes evil and light and um yeah, this story I'm really proud of. It's beautiful. And it won the perfect 10, um, a perfect 10 score with, uh, these, um, young adult, uh, librarians who score books for, and they gave it a perfect score. So wow. I was thrilled. Yeah. And yeah. You know- you say you say that um, you hand wrote this, and you know I have to I have to say that yes, when you hand write stuff, it's more divinely guided in my opinion because it's it's coming through you and it comes through you more uh, fluently I think or more fluidly I guess is the word because I when I write if I hand write something I it feels different if that makes sense. No, I think it's very hands-on. You know, the, they say the the hands are the extension of the heart. You right. know, you're, you're 
you're literally pen to paper. There's something about that, that it worked for us. And I thought it was brilliant of him to recommend it. Um, yeah. And what I could have never predicted how this story would play out. And again, four years, the story took me, I was, I was incredibly patient. I let the story take me. And at times I I was like at a loss going, Oh, and I would go in the woods and let the characters talk to me. And, uh, and they did. And so, um, yeah, so I love this story and anyone who reads it, um, they, they really get taken by this, this, you know, yeah. What is the age on these? I, I, I meant to ask you the age they, are they young adult or two adult? Cause I mean, a lot of these, these are just, I can read these and these are wonderful stories for an adult to read, but do you recommend right. them for like 10 year old, 11 year old? What's the age? On so these? the magic gown, the magic gown is great for seven to 12. It's recommended, okay. but you know, like it's really ageless. And then the yawning rabbit river, they say nine to 14. Um, it's just a little stronger, um, more, more sophisticated maybe. So, you know, that those two years make a difference, but some kids are so advanced in their kind of reading that, you know, a younger reader will love it. And then of course, any age, like late teens love it. Um, you know, it's just, yeah. So it's, it's just a little more sophisticated than the magic gown. Although I, I just see them both as, you know, adult even. <laughs> yeah, I do too. No, I do too. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Hey, you know, I can't believe our hour is almost up here, but I want you to tell people how they, if they want to have a session with you, how they get in contact with you and what is your next, I know you do some workshops. So can you pub- publicize yourself here, Janine? <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. Yes, I, I, um, I do children's workshops on creativity, storytelling, and um, story illustrated storytelling through the magic door. That that's in my local area. I do travel. I've gone from Ireland to California to Central America. Um, I travel and do those. So that's so we've got about one. thirty seconds. So we hit your website, or or how do we find you? Yeah, website J L Kimmel K I M M E L dot com, and then Janine Kimmel at gmail.com is my, is my email and, okay. um, love to hear from people. Thank you. I do yeah. phone work. You do phone so. work too. Okay, cool. It's been a pleasure to have you on the show today. Hey guys, we will talk to you next week wisdom, love, and hope for our future. To sign up for my intuitive life coaching or a psychic reading, visit my website, www.nancyyearout.com. My email address is nancy at highroadtohumanity.com. So have a fabulous week and know that by staying on the high road, you will make it to your destination.